Amen. Why don't you give someone a high five and be seated? Praise God. Also today, uh, I wanted to uh, make mention of the fact that right after this service, uh, in just a little bit here, we have our welcome lunch happening, okay? Welcome lunch, right? That direction in the youth center. And uh, that's for anyone who's new or relatively new to Life Church. We want to uh, uh, give you the inside scoop tell you about who we are. I want to share with you about how we got started and why we do what we do. And uh, just love to have you come. You don't have to sign up. Just show up. Uh, Food will be ready to go. And uh, you will be out in plenty of time to see the Patriots lose today. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, I just threw that in by, you know, spontaneous inspiration. Uh, also, though, uh, word has it. Now, I don't believe this, but I'm just, I'll just communicate it to you. I have heard that there are some people in our church. No, I'm not going there. <laughs> that you have been coming here for weeks, months, even longer, and you have never been to the welcome lunch yeah whatever (laughs) and uh anyway just in case that's possibly true and you say well i don't even need to go i'm good i'm this is my home and my house and and i don't need welcomed yes you do we want to welcome you (laughs) now it's more than uh it's more than the word of welcome it's it's really what we want to communicate and uh, I'd like to everyone to hear that firsthand. If you never have, even if I'm not trying to convince you to stay, you're already here. <laughs> I'm just saying we have some things that we've, we give a lot of thought and attention to and how we say it and what we say. And uh, we want everyone to hear and be a part of that. So um, lunch is served right after this service. Good deal? Everyone have your Bible with you today or Bible app on your phone. If you're new with us and you're not expecting that, well, this is church, so we shouldn't be too much of a surprise, even in today's age. Uh, But uh, if you're able to follow along, good. Look it up. Get it out. If you're not, listen the best you can. And uh, we do do provide paper that you come in with and it has, you know, ability for you. It gives you the ability to take notes, write on things. Some people take it on their phones as well. But um, believe that God will speak to you today and minister to you. I've been in a series of messages uh, for a few weeks called Wheel of Fortune. All right, strange title maybe, but uh, it came from this image I had on the inside of seeing our finances in our lives in a multifaceted way. How some people will be strong in one area but then lack in another. And uh, I thought, you know, this would be a good opportunity to teach, not exhaust every subject, but just hit different financial subjects in our lives uh, over a, you know, a short period of time so we can all be well balanced. We can plug those holes that may exist in the other side of our boat. 
Yeah, And so we can have a good understanding of these matters. If you have missed um, part one, two, or three, then you're only three behind. <laughs> Maximum. Uh, and you can have that done before the game today. All right. Uh, uh, but go online and get those if you've missed the other parts because they do build upon each other to some degree. And of course, last week I was directed by the Spirit to go a different direction. So I didn't, so don't look at last week's. In, in context with this subject, but do listen to it. If, you, if anyone missed last week, uh, you have to hear that. That's just a requirement to live the rest of your life. Okay? So. Hallelujah. I want to get into part four. So we have created our own, very own, personalized wheel of fortune, and we are going to spin it today to see what subject we're going to land on. No bankruptcy. Amen. Are you ready for receiving today? Go to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs the 10th chapter. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, As you know, we've covered a number of these subjects and the previous part of this series, we landed on the subject of giving. Of course, giving, you know, and receiving easily enough to, it should be easy enough to see that those go hand in hand. But God wants you and I to succeed financially in life. Uh, If you are struggling financially, know that you are doing that outside of God's will. That's not His plan for you. He's not trying to teach you something by giving you a financial hardship. Uh, He's for you and not against you. His plan is that we would all have abundance in life and be able to be generous and givers. and uh, That's His system. But we need to set our hearts in a place where we can learn and grow and even make changes. All right. If you come to church on a regular basis or even once in a while and you, you are not open to doing life different, to making changes, then you're probably resisting success. You're resisting God's best in your life because the way that we think and the way that God thinks sometimes is different. And that's one of the reasons we study the scripture, we look at his word, we pray, we ask him to reveal his way, his thoughts, his plan. How should I handle my life, my finances, my giving, my receiving, all these, all these issues. And uh, I don't want to be one that just gets stuck in a place of, uh, you know, I don't want to hear anything different. I don't want to be challenged. Sometimes people come and, they, and we hear this report somewhat regularly. It's not a negative report, but um, it always, always makes me think when people say, oh, I, I came to Life Church, I love it. I, I, I agree with everything that happened there. And uh, of course, I like that. But at the same time, I always ask, well, what if you didn't agree? Would you run from a disagreement? Or would you seriously take it as, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at this, I'm going to Let this be a challenge to me. Because if we don't ever open ourselves up to new ideas, new ways of thinking, then God himself can't can't intervene or can't change our lives. 
Amen. So when it comes to our finances, I mean, I, I need to learn more. I need to change and grow and increase. I can increase in my faith for his provision. I can increase in my understanding of what I do with what I have. Uh, but I, I also want to realize that, um, that there are components to giving that need to be in place. I, I say giving, giving and receiving. All right, all right. They, they go together. I know sometimes people ask, is our, is our giving unto prosperity or is it the result of our prosperity? You know, does that question make sense? The answer is both. Yeah, it is. I, it, it, it's on both sides of it. It's a response to what I have. It is also a causation to what I have in the future. Okay? But I don't want to forget that this language of sowing and reaping do go together. All right? In other words, doing well financially in life is not all about prayer and faith confessions. I'm just going to sit back and struggle and say, everybody pray for me. Get as many people, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Or I'm just going just gonna to speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. I believe in prayer and speaking the word. But you know what? When we're talking about, about our finances, there's another component to this. It's called sowing. <laughs> it's called if there is no seed in the ground, there will be no harvest come fall. Right? And that's true spiritually as well. There must be seed planted. And so... Speaking about receiving today, uh, I want to first of all, just very plain and clear, make this statement that receiving is a thing. Is that deep? I think we all know that giving is a thing. In other words, that's something that we do, but sometimes in our mentality, we have this mindset that once I give... It's done. There's nothing else that is in my part of the equation. It's I give and then it's all God. That's not true. It's I give, God multiplies, brings the increase, and then what? I receive. Receiving is an action that we take just like giving is. All right, the corresponding terms that we see in Scripture has to do with farming. It's called planting and harvesting or sowing and reaping. If you uh, were in the farming business and you thought the only uh, part of that farming equation that you needed to be involved in was planting, you would be greatly mistaken because you would get a great field of whatever you were growing and you'd starve. If you didn't know that harvesting was also a part of your job. And we see that so natural. Uh, we see that very simply and clearly and easily. But that is the illustration. That is the natural, um, the natural example that God uses to teach us about spiritual things. He uses that natural uh, process to teach us about fi- finances in his kingdom. There is a sowing, there is also a reaping. My responsibility does not end with giving, it starts with giving. Then there is the increase given by God, and then there is the receiving, the reaping, the harvesting. All right? Some of you got your wheels a-turning. Hmm, 
I thought it was all just going to land in my, in my bank account. Well, there's other factors involved here. Okay. Now, I don't think that any of us are going to, in eternity, lose our reward for any giving that was done with a proper motive, that was done in faith. You know, Jesus said over in Matthew 19, 21, give to the poor and you will have treasure where? In heaven. And so I'm not really concerned about losing my heavenly reward. I'm not concerned that, that God is not keeping track of everything I do from a right motive and a right heart of faith to in this life. When I step into heaven, I'm, I really believe we're good, we're good to go, okay? But my, my goal is to take full advantage in this life of everything he promised. My goal is to help you to reap your harvest in this life. Next life? Good to go. Got it covered. No demons, no doubt, no unbelief, no disobedience. None of that's going to hinder hinder the process. But in this life, sometimes we need some work to make sure we can get our harvest for here and now. Okay. Did you find Proverbs chapter 10? Notice with me in verse 5, Proverbs 10, 5. It reads, He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Now now think about that for a moment. It is possible for a person to sleep in harvest. To sleep. Now again, looking at the analogy, look at the farmer who wastes his time away and sleeps during harvest time. You would say, that's foolish. You did all that work in the spring. You did all that work, you know, keeping the the crops watered and tended to. And now harvest time and you're sleeping in, dude. (laughs) It's like, that's not very smart. You need to get out there and get your harvest in. That's where your money is. Yeah. And so spiritually speaking, it would be the same thing. What if we're faithful during planting season, but then we sleep away our opportunities during harvest time? Listen to this verse from, from the, the, the Living Bible. It reads, A wise youth makes hay while the sun shines. But what a shame to see a lad who sleeps away his hour of opportunity. This is something that the Lord is going to help us with to recognize our hour of opportunity. Because that's when the harvest is there. Turn over, if you would, uh, just a short right turn to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And uh, and notice with me over here, Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 1. It reads, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Now I know that sometimes is concerning, that whole many days thing. Anybody dislike the term many days when it comes to... (laughs) Well... Uh, we need to get used to that. But at the same time, if a person were to cast their bread upon the water frequently enough, then many days is happening also regularly in life. Meaning what I'm seeing come back was cast out many days ago, but I did it many days ago, and I did it many days before that, and many days before that. And before you know it, every wave has something coming back on it. Right? So that's one way to look at this. Continuing, it says... Verse 2, give a a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. If the clouds are full of rain, 
They empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or the north in the place where it falls, there shall it lie. He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. All right. Now, now think about that. If we're interested in both sowing and reaping, being in both sides of God's financial equation for our own lives, then we have got to stop being moved by circumstances. If a person regards the weather, basically it's going to keep them from sowing. Why? Well, as soon as I get this taken care of, as soon as I get this bill paid off, as soon as I get this situation handled, then I'll begin to give. Then I'll begin to... How many know that's not true? <laughs> Just in case anyone has been telling themselves that. No. You'll do the same with $100 as you do with 10 You'll do the same with a million dollars as you do with $1,000. Right? Because really, ultimately, this comes about... It comes to the issue of heart and it comes to the ability to the issue of faith and obedience to God not when everything is settled on the outside all right this verse as well living bible if you wait for perfect conditions you will never get anything done and so both on the sowing and on the reaping side we have the option to wait until everything is perfect in our lives and then we're going to get involved or we can say, you know what, I'm just going to move as I'm led by the Spirit. I'm going to be, and you know, I include God's written word in that. As his, as his word tells me, I'm going to be involved in spiritual farming. Okay, as his Spirit leads me, I'm going to be involved. And that might be when there are clouds. That might be when it looks like it's raining. I don't know if this is a good time. I don't know if all the circumstances are just quite lined up right now to do this. And eventually we don't do anything. So again, I want you to think about the farmer. That being the example that God gives to teach us spiritual things with a natural example shows us that there is a needed activity on the planting and on the harvesting, I do that. You could say God gives the increase, you know, for the farmer. He puts the seed in the ground. God created the ground, created the ecosystem, created the environment to which seeds would reproduce and make more. He gives the increase, but then the farmer must go out and get the harvest. This is likewise true in our own lives. And it seems that it's pretty normal with how God thinks. I mean, if, you, if you're familiar with the, the account of Israel going from Egypt into Canaan's land, and in that interim period there in, in, uh, in the wilderness, remember that the Lord rained manna from heaven? God gave the manna, but how many know he didn't put it in the pot? He didn't say, each morning set out your, your bowl. I'm going to put the manna right in it. Could he have done that? Listen, if you can rain manna from heaven, you can do a few things. <laughs> but it's interesting. They were still involved in the process, meaning they had to go out every single day and go get it. 
Well, I'm just believing that the Lord's just going to put it right in my wallet. I'm just going to believe, believe the Lord's going to put it right in the bowl. Well, you might starve while everyone else is, has plenty and is satisfied. There is God's part of providing. That is, there is our part of going out to get it. This is true for our lives. Now, if you would turn to Galatians, it's a right turn. Galatians chapter 6, I want to share with you uh, four components to receiving. All right? Four components to receiving. Uh, Or we could say four components to harvesting or to reaping what we have sown. And hopefully I've laid, at least in a simple, short way, the case out there for all of us to accept and embrace that just because I have given, that that's not the end of the story. And especially if there are those of us who have not seen harvest like we want, like we've, we thought would be the case. I've given and I'm not seeing it. Maybe there's something else involved here. All right, consider these four components. The first one is this. Number one, realize there is a harvest time. Realize there is a harvest time. Everybody say time. Galatians 6 and verse 9 reads, And let us not grow weary while doing good. Why would the Lord tell us not to grow weary while doing good? Because if we don't hear that, we might grow weary while doing good. It's not that complicated. You ever hear people say, I just don't understand the Bible. Seriously, back up and just go, oh, okay, don't grow weary while doing good. I get that. Have you ever grown weary while doing good? I mean, has that ever happened to anyone? You've been doing the right thing for a while, and you're not seeing the result. You're not seeing anything change. You're not seeing, I mean, you thought things would be different. Well, what's the temptation? To give up. I've been doing this long enough. That's why we have that verse. Because often people quit right before things are about to really change in their lives. I don't know if it's always that way. It's like that way. It's that way in football. I mean, have you ever seen you football fans? Many times you'll see a team rush all the way down the the football field. And offense just pass, run, pass, run. They rush down without hardly, uh, it's like, is the defense even there? They go right down and get down to the five-yard line, four, three, two, and they can't get in the end zone. End up kicking a field goal. It's like, how can you move so easily all the way down the field, and now you end up kicking a field goal? How many hate it when your team kicks a field goal? (laughs) Even on fourth down, come on! Right? Well, there's something about a a defensive stand, a goal line stand. The defense gets harder. They put every, they're trying to stop you from getting six. Yeah? And uh, in life, sometimes it is that way. We're going, we're doing good, we're doing good for a long time. Everything's succeeding. We get right there close to our victory. And the enemy is going to throw everything he can at you. Because the only chance he has is to get you to quit. Get you to give up. Amen. And he doesn't even want you to get a field goal. He wants to get zero. But I've been doing good. And man, I don't know if I can keep making it. Keep going, you know. keep. Yeah, you can't. And this is a key to receiving. 
It's key to harvest that we don't quit. He said, for in due season, you know when that is? Due season? It's right after you thought it would be. (laughs) In due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So the temptation is to lose heart. The temptation is to grow weary. It's to quit and give up. When? Before we get to the time. The time when the harvest is ready. Amen. And so, uh, again, our reaping then is contingent upon this. I've given, I've given, I've given, I've given. I'm not seeing anything come back. This could be interrupting it. Okay? Now, if it has, if you've grown weary, if you've given up, if you've not waited for due season, this is the kingdom of God. Nothing's going to spoil or rot. Okay? There's not, winter's not coming where it's going to freeze out your harvest. It's still there. Okay? But just like, uh, you know, the farmer has different times for different types of crops. Not, a, not, not all types of seed take the same amount of time before they're ready for harvest. I can't necessarily tell you, hey, you give to the kingdom of God. And by a week from Friday, you will be rolling in it. You will have extra abundance. No, I can't say that. I don't know. What kind of seed is it? What did the Lord lead you to do? I mean, there there are other factors there. If that's true in the natural, it's true in the spiritual. Even though I can't completely articulate what all those times are. I do recognize this, that often as a part of our harvest, there are people that are connected to it. And sometimes if, if I plant seed and I'm believing for my harvest, God will deal with the person. And maybe they're sleeping. Maybe they're slow to obey. Maybe they're slow to do what the Lord's telling them to do. So he moves on to another person and moves on to another person. Maybe sometimes the delay is not so much God holding it back, but there are people down here that he's working with. How many know God is not raining U.S. currency out of heaven? That's not how our harvest comes. But he works within this system. Even in the, I'm just saying there are, there are aspects of this that are outside of our knowledge. That's why we have to stay and believe. Even in the Old Testament, we read about Daniel. Remember Daniel went on that time of prayer and fasting. He prayed and asked the Lord. And uh, three weeks later, the angel shows up to give him the message. Three weeks? Where were you? See, he didn't know, but the angel said, uh, by the way, I was dispatched three weeks ago right when you prayed. But there was a situation we had to handle. There was demonic opposition in the heavens. He said, Michael had to come help me. And there was a, there was a, a battle between the angels and the, and the demons uh, or the evil spirits in the heavenlies. Say, well, I don't understand that. Well, I don't fully understand it either. I don't know how all that works, but I do know this. When I do what's right, I need to stand. Because there may be components in the unseen realm, and I don't know why. I don't know what the issue is, but I know what my part is. Don't grow weary. Don't give up. Don't quit. If I'm doing the right thing, I'm going to keep doing the right thing. Amen.
Number one is realize there is a harvest time. Number two is to receive by faith. Number two, this is a part of our harvesting, our spiritual harvesting. We receive by faith. Just like we give by faith, we live by faith, we worship by faith, we receive by faith. Okay? Jesus said, you might be familiar with Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said there, uh, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So part of my my part of the equation is simply to believe that I receive. Believe that I take is what that word means. Believe that I take from the Lord what he has multiplied on my behalf. There is a believing that is absolutely necessary. Lay hold of it. Take it by faith. When you do that, when you say, thank you, Lord, I believe I have it now. Now our expectation goes up. My harvest is coming in. I'm looking for it. I believe it's happening. Huh? Oh, I heard the mailman right there. He just drove up. Maybe it's in there. Could be. Could be a refund. Could be a, could be publisher's clearinghouse. No, I don't know. (laughs) Could be, uh, whatever. The Lord dealt with someone to send something. I don't know. But my expectation is there because I believe. When you believe, you start thinking, okay, opportunities are coming my way. Something's going to happen. The harvest is coming in. Amen. Number three, number three, key to harvesting here is to look for a leading. Look for a leading. And I'm talking about a a spirit-led leading. The spirit of God on the inside of you leading you into the harvest. Okay, naturally speaking, the farmer knows where the field is. Sometimes, spiritually, we don't know where that is. Because I don't know when it is. I don't know where it is. I don't know how it's going to happen. Not necessarily. I'm just expecting that God will provide. And so in the middle of this, because I'm involved in the reaping, at some point I'm going to have to know where this is coming from. I'm going to need a direction. I'm going to need guidance. Okay, so you see how this is different than sitting back, well, I guess if God wants me to have it, he'll let me have it. No, he's speaking. Pay attention. Listen every day. What if I don't hear anything? Then keep listening. Spend time with him and listen. Say, Lord, just be in faith about it. Lord, I believe you're leading me into my harvest. It's coming. I know that. It's a fact. Seed's in the ground. It works every time. So I'm trusting you. You're leading me. You're guiding me. You're going to show me where. You're going to show me when. You're going to show me how. You're going, to, you're going to guide me. And you'll find that he'll give you a word. He'll give you a direction. He'll give you some insight. There will come something that you didn't think of before. And all of a sudden, it's clear to you. Here it is. And it will be tied to your harvest. Number four. Number four is this. These are closely connected. Number four is to act on that leading. I'm going to be able to reap my harvest when I act on the leading, okay? And this goes again to this reality that there is a sowing that is my job. There is a reaping that is also my job. And so, generally speaking, I'm going to be involved in the process. I know there are occasions, they seem to be not the norm. There are occasions when someone gives 
And before you know it, someone's tapping them on the shoulder, giving it back to them in a multiplied way. We saw that happen here just here a couple weeks ago. You guys blessed some people all over. I've heard lots of testimonies. People got all kinds of things handled. And they didn't really do anything other than raise their hand. Right? But that was part of their harvest right there. Someone said, I have need, but I didn't want to raise my hand. Okay. But many people got their needs met that way. And uh, we're often involved in this process. I want to read to you two verses, two passages. The first one, real quick, Deuteronomy 8.18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. How many know that's different than he gives you wealth? God giving you wealth is not what that says. It says he gives us power to get wealth. In other words, the getting of the wealth is done by his people. The power to do that or the ability to do that is given by him. So I'm looking for God to give me an ability to do this. Right? And really, we could all say that he has given that to us. But I'm looking for that leading so I can act on it. And then the other one is found in Luke chapter 5. In in Luke chapter 5, this is towards the beginning of, of Jesus' ministry. You can see it's towards the front of Luke's gospel. And... Jesus would teach, and already crowds were gathering, and people were being healed and set free, and he was teaching, and they're hanging on every word, and so he's by the lake that one day, and people are packing in. You know, there's no microphone. There's no sound system. Uh, I mean, you'd think, I'm going to get as close as possible, right? The spiritual, even in here, try to get as close as possible. (laughs) Amen, those in the back? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) but people would get as close as possible to hear him. Some of them wanted, they want to make sure they get their healing. But before you know it, he's backed up against the water. You know, he keeps backing up. They keep coming in. He keeps backing up. He keeps getting in. And all of a sudden, he's at the edge of the water. He wants to stand in the water. And, uh, and so he's right there, and people are right in front of him. You know, it's like personal space. Uh, <laughs> so what does he do? He borrows Peter's boat. Look what it says here, Luke chapter three, chapter 5 and verse 3. Then he got into the one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Why did he tell him that? Here's why he told him that. Because... Peter let him use his boat. And you give your stuff for the kingdom of God to be used to preach the gospel and God rewards you naturally. That's the principle. And Jesus used his boat, did the ministry, did the preaching and said, all right, I got to give the boat now, but it wouldn't be proper to give him his boat without filling it up with gas. You know, when you borrow someone's car, you at least fill their tank when you're done, right? And, uh, and it wouldn't be right just to give them the boat. Nothing. This is how the kingdom works. So, so Jesus says, it's time to fish. But here's the issue with this. Go, let's read the rest. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. If you read before we started here, they had already cleaned their nets. They had already packed up for the day. How many know that's not just like we... You know, we cast our, our 
hook in and we pulled it back in. No, this was a lot of work. These guys were professionals and they... It was a lot of work to go out for the whole day and then to clean your nets and all that stuff and come in with nothing. It was quite a disappointing day uh, of fishing. He said, we've we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Okay, I want you to consider what the Lord is telling him here. He's giving him something to do. He gave, he sowed, and then the Lord gave them instruction on what to do to reap the harvest. What if Peter would have said, again, like he did, uh, Lord, we're professionals, and uh, this fish are not biting today. We've been out there all day long, and we're ready to go home. I'm hungry, I'm tired. And you're, I appreciate you saying we should go fishing some more. But you don't really know what you're talking about. What if he'd have done that and he just would have went home? The Lord would have said, okay, all right. Thanks for the boat. They would have gone home without their harvest. And sometimes the Spirit of the Lord will bring things to your mind. And he will talk to you. About launching out into the deep. About letting down for a catch. And maybe it's something you've already done. It could be, Lord, I've already done that. And you have it on your heart. The Lord deals with you. Call so-and-so. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're in a, in a sales business or something. Call this company again. I already called them. They told me they didn't want the product. Call them again. Call them again. You gave and now the Lord says, call them again. And you rationalize in your mind. Why would I do that? And maybe that's your harvest. And maybe you pick up the phone. You say, hey, I, I know I'm not trying to bug you or anything. But I just wanted to talk to you one more time. And they, and they say, why did you call me right now? Did you, did you hear something? Because everything changed in the, in the industry. And we are ready to make a major purchase. And I was about to go with this other company. But here you are. Could something like that happen? And you would never know. In fact, you never would have got the direction if it weren't for your seed sown. If you didn't let the Lord use your boat. But because you, he, you let him use your boat, he worked on both sides of the situation and then gave you a leading. There's your harvest, man. There it is right there. And we try to rationalize, and don't get me wrong, I do too. We think, how's this going to happen? We try to figure it out. The Lord has ways of moving and changing things, and your harvest is available. We're just looking for the leading, and then we're going to act on it. And when we act on it, things start to change. By the way, this was work. (laughs) It was work for Peter and them to put out and go catch the fish again and they had a full night cleaning the fish or whatever they did you know it was a lot of work but it was an abundant harvest is sometimes the the provision we seek tied to doing something or working hard it is it's blessed of god though here's what i'm not saying i'm not saying reaping is synonymous with get a job that's not always the answer. You can say, well, anyone could get a job and work independent of their giving. That's why, that, that's not what I'm saying. It's one of the avenues that the Lord may lead you to get your harvest. I can give you a personal example. When we, 
when we came to Boise to start the church, I did not get a job. We came with no money and no church and no people wanting a church. (laughs) Only by the direction of the Lord. And people ask me, are you going to get a job, meaning a natural job? I said, no. Why not? It's not in my heart to do so. The Lord's not leading me to do that. And so you would say, well, yeah, that's just you sow and then you get a job. Not always. That's not always the case. It wasn't, it wasn't for us. We didn't do it that way. And guess what happened? We were supplied anyway. It was a huge step of faith, but there was the harvest. And there the Lord shows up and meets our need. And so I don't want to limit him to saying, well, I planted, now I have to get an extra job. No, you wouldn't do that, not unless it's right, not unless he leads you to do that. Otherwise, it's going to happen in some way, at some time. Stay faithful, be consistent. Don't give up. Don't ever quit. Stay in faith. Thank you, Lord. I believe that I receive. I thank you. My harvest is coming in. Say, it's been five years. Then keep believing. Maybe you missed something along the way. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But keep believing and listening on the inside, and he will guide you. He'll give you steps to take. He'll he'll, he'll show you the investment. He'll show you the opportunity. You'll make a, a divine connection with another person. But the Lord will get your harvest. He'll show you where your harvest is. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say it out loud with me today. Say, there is a planting, and there is a harvesting. God gives the increase. Father, thank you for...